the Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. So anyway, the Leafs... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That'll come later. We're not going to talk about the Leafs right now. Uh, there is some stuff with the Leafs, but not as much as yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I do want to follow up on some points, though. We will have some stuff about Dubas and a potential conflict of interest. Uh, we got to talk about the Penguin situation. There was actually a really great breakdown in the uh, in the Athletic. Uh, Rob Ross, he's one of the the writers on it, and it's it's like what happened with Hextall and Burke. He's got the passion. Have you read it? Uh, no. Is it Michael Russo levels of? It's yes. Yeah. Bonkers. We by the absolutely way, we, bonkers. We reference Michael Russo a lot, but his uh, Paul Fenton. Uh, Look it up. Postmortem. Oh my god. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's really good. So that's Crazy. sort of the standard. That and whoever that dude was who carved Pierre Maguire on the way out of Hartford. Oh, yeah. Yes. From 1994. It's a good enough article that we still reference it. It's uh, it's rare that uh, an article can last that long. I think CJ's article about Dubas and Shanahan is going to be one of those ones that we reference for a long time. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, like, you know, but there's very few articles because they do so many, right? Very few stand the test of time. I think that's going to be one of them, just like the Pierre clip in a completely different way, in a sad, depressing way. If, uh, if you find it, just Google it. Pierre Maguire Hartford. I don't think it'll be hard to find. Now, guys, I told you yesterday... And I was correct, and I remain correct today, that every team that has won in the conference finals has not lost. <laughs> and the only thing I want to ask Dave in like 10 minutes when we have him on uh-huh. is, what are the odds of a double sweep? Can we get some odds on that? I just want to talk. I don't want to talk about the game last night. We are going to talk about Jamie Ben. We are going to talk about the Dallas Stars and their shitty effort. Mm-hmm. But I want to just talk about the ramifications of a double sweep in the conference finals. No. No. No, I want to talk about how I'm mad at the Miami Heat. Why are you mad at the Miami Heat? Because they ruined the possibility of a quadruple sweep. Yeah. It would have been cool. It would have been so cool that there's no way that's ever happened. I read no. this morning. There's no like, way. There's no way. It's a part of my prep for Virgin Radio this morning because uh, it's mostly pop culture and stuff. But, you know, in, in the playoffs, sports crosses over to pop culture. The NBA is always kind of part of pop culture. Um, Shakira was at the game. Um, I believe that Miami lost. Um, and she followed Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler has now followed Shakira. And Shakira, oh. Shakira. So here are the rumors with Shakira, right? Because she, Shakira, um, she she was done dirty by her ex husband. Do you know how she found out that he was cheating on her? No. Oh, you got to hear this story. So so Gerard Piquet, I think is his name. Uh, he plays in La Liga. Um, Tom Sandoval and has a couple uh, he has a couple kids they have a couple kids together and she gave up a good chunk of her career for him because you know he was playing in he's playing soccer and and he's he's got to be in the country that he's playing soccer in. so um, uh, anyway long story short she goes away on like a tour or vacation or something like that she comes back and she notices that the jam in her refrigerator has been eaten. And she knows that her soccer player husband, first off, hates jam. Second, wouldn't touch it because he's super in shape and he's older in his career, so he has to be extremely careful about what he eats. So she's like, well, who ate the jam? And it was because because he was having the woman over and having her stay over, and she ate the jam, and that's how Shakira first found out. And then she wrote... Because of the jam! Because of the jam. This is all true. And then what's crazy is... I, I guess because the family was close, 
um, uh, she wrote a song about it, uh, and it was it went like internationally number one across the hips world. Hips don't lie. Not hips don't lie. Is it about jam? It's not about jam. Jam don't lie. But I guess jam, she, the jam did not lie. Jam <laughs> don't lie. She's not a fan of her ex, soon to be ex mother in law. So she got a uh, a a statue of a ghoul, like something you would put out in front of your house at Halloween, like. Like one of those Harry Potter goblins. Oh, totally. Yeah. Total, total goblin. Yeah. And put it on her back deck and played her new song about her husband cheating on her on loudspeakers directed at her mother-in-law's house. <laughs> now you want to talk about you want to talk about that is that is somebody I want to get to know. Tell me how you even came up with that. It's so creative. So funny. Now I believe there was already a song about this situation, though. About the jam? Yeah. Well, Except you're using the wrong word. It's, what is it? I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Oh, that's true. Two words that don't rhyme, by the way. <laughs> ready and jelly. I've never thought about that, but you're right. They don't. They don't mind. Or they don't rhyme at all. No. Not even close. Eh, maybe maybe 25%. Anyway, so we no, all decided, no. you know what, though? This beat's pretty good. So with Shakira, it's why is she like so controversial all of a sudden? Because I know she's awaiting trial for a 14 million dollar tax, tax evasion charge yeah charge. yeah still yeah yeah and like that hasn't been resolved no right? i don't believe it has and the you know the thing with courts is they always are like two or three years or whatever she says she's paid it and it was a mistake by her accountant the spanish government is going after her and she's saying they're just trying to throw the book at her so that other people because it's high profile so that other people who yeah. uh try to evade their taxes don't because they see what happens to shakira there was talk of like jail time yeah um there, yeah they're pretty was, significant they're not putting shakira in. No, but like they're she, not she could also just pay like she has the money to pay it so like i don't know why they would i think she it. already has paid it yeah like so, i think it's paid oh so she's arguing that hey i don't even owe this money well yeah and they're yeah. saying well you were late on it and that's still illegal is this one of those things like in ufc where they say uh the steroid test is not a steroid test it's an iq test I <laughs> I think that's the case with all sports, to be honest with you. Well, Except of for the course. Olympics. No, I, uh, I just think that's that's what because I can only think of like two recent celebrities who have gotten charged with this: Shakira mm -hmm. and Jimmy Carr. Oh yeah, I think um, Wesley Snipes went to jail for it. Yeah, that was Wesley the big one in the nineties. Yeah, Wesley Snipes. Um, and so, but the to continue the Shakira threat for a minute, uh, she was at the Miami Grand Prix. And she was there with Tom Cruise, who apparently has been trying to date her. And so she went on the date or whatever. But here's the interesting thing. She met Lewis Hamilton because Tom Cruise got to hang out in the Mercedes pit lane. Mm. And uh, a the next day was on a boat with him and his buddies and some of her friends yachting. They were yachting? They were yachting. Yeah. Yachting. Yeah. So they so so maybe Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton, which shouldn't surprise you, is Mr. Steal Your Girl. Lewis Hamilton has a very deep roster of celebrities he's dated. Rihanna, like, Nicole Scherzinger, Nicki Minaj. He dated Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Yeah. Really? It's, it's They've had uh, like pictures up together, you know. Wow. Like, but th but they're relatively short relationships. Uh, Stop. Rita Ora. Stop it. You know where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, tell me they're short. Are they short relationships? Winnie Harlow. Winnie Harlow, Canadian. Yeah. Camila Kendra. You can even say they're pit model. stops. I thought you were just That's, talking about damn it. Damn it. Let me have it. <laughs> let me have the line. <laughs> I'm choosing to ignore your. Who else have we got? Did you, did you mention Nicole Scherzinger? Yes. Yeah. That one. That's, you know what's interesting? That was a more high profile one. Yeah, because they were together like five years. And yeah. when he won his first. It was driver, longer than a pit stop. Driver's championship for <laughs> McLaren. 
um he like she's they actually had a camera following her around that whole race like watching her reactions because she was so high profile like at that point you could have made the argument that the pussycat dolls and nicole scherzinger were more famous than lewis because he was still pretty yeah, young. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah i would say that yeah. f1 wasn't like the boom it was now no certainly not and well and he also wasn't an eight-time champion or seven-time champion exactly like. yeah so depending on what part of the world as well yeah you know? pretty neat though <laughs> i think anyways uh so yeah so now now we're just gonna see so maybe shakira and jimmy butler and by the way oh. every time i see jimmy butler play basketball i'm like that's exactly what the leafs need in the playoffs he, that attitude the jimmy butler attitude is what i want you're asking a professional athlete to be competitive the bar yeah. is so low for Leafs. But like, like, yeah. like competitive and also like a little cocky. Like Jimmy Butler fucking knows he's good. And he knows he's even better in the playoffs. Someone called him Millennial MJ. And I liked it. I like that. Millennial you know? MJ. <laughs> I like yeah. that a lot. In terms of his attitude, I liked it. Listen, our millennials, we're getting older here, man. Like our time is is within a couple, uh, within a few years, we're going to start to see most millennials aging out of sports because you're so young. Um, so Ron Hainsey, Ron Hainsey, former noted millennial. millennial, noted millennial, Ron Hainsey. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking None about. None of this former. No, you never take that badge off. No, is no, you're always a millennial once you're a millennial. I have a question and we, cause we haven't, we haven't covered this, but, but, uh, Jesse, remember when, yes. when the bucks lost and, um, and Giannis went in front of the cameras and he said, you know, this is not a loss or this is not disappointing. This is not a failure. Not a mm-hmm. failure. Uh, how do you guys, how do you guys see that? Because I was taking that and I was trying to apply that to any team that's been eliminated, specifically, of course, the Leafs, because it's always about the Leafs. But how would you, do you agree with that stance? All right, here's the video. For anybody who doesn't know what Adam Wild is referencing, here's Giannis after losing in the first round to the Miami Heat. Uh, exact same question, but uh, I'm curious for you. Do you view this season as a failure? <sighs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, because I'm not that up. We, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay, uh, do, you get, do you get the promotion every year? on your job no right so every year you work is a failure yes or no no every every year you work you work towards something towards a goal right which is to get a promotion to be able to uh, take care of your family to be able i don't know um provide the house for them or take care of your parents you work towards a goal it's not a failure it's steps to success you know and if you've never i don't know i don't want to i don't want to make it personal so there's always steps to it you know um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports about. You don't always win. Some other other people's gonna win, and this year somebody else is gonna win. Similar as that, we're gonna come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to um, play better, not have a ten day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball, you know. And hopefully we can win a championship. So fifty years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was fifty years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it, you know. And we were able to win one. Hopefully we can win another one. 
you know, I sorry that I didn't want to make it personal because you asked me the same <laughs> question last year. Yeah. And, uh, last year, I was in the in the uh, right um, mind space to answer the question back. You know, I Alex Saratsis is his agent, and he was on Agent Provocateur, and I highly suggest you check out that episode. That's a because, great plug. Uh, well, just because um, you can, you can, I can almost hear. Giannis and Saratz is having this this conversation. They're those those two guys because they're like best friends as well. Are like two peas in a pod. That's exactly I think Jesse. You you remember that recording? Oh yeah yeah no those guys they have the same mindset the same mentality. They're both Greek. You know they come from the, oh, they yeah. can they can relate on on that level like their upbringing level like those guys are yeah two peas in a pod like you said and for with Giannis's comments there's two ways to look at it you I could listen to him talk all day yeah, oh yeah you know he's so it's it's funny because English is a second language but he's so well spoken in just the ideology that he's speaking about you know the f- whatever it is the filter in your brain that that will never not impress me about people who have English as a second language. Oh, it's crazy. Like, and you see it happening in real time. He's like, okay, I know what I'm trying to say and I got to put it through the fill. I'm, the, the, uh, it's a superpower. I wish I could do it. Yeah. I wish, yeah. And so yeah, there's, there's two sides you look at it. You say, Giannis is wrong because every year you don't win the championship as a failure. There's, there's, if this league of 32 teams, 31 failures every single year, or you say, every year is a stepping stone to finally reach that goal. And that's the, his mentality about it. So I think I do think that is a wonderful way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the way to look at it. Um, my question would be, if I accept that to be true, then what is failure? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so then nothing's it, failure. And that's kind of how he's looking at it. There is no failure. Everything is a learning experience. Hmm. Even if you fail, like that failure is something you take to the next journey. So it's, is it really failure? Maybe that's why the Leafs keep talking about learning lessons. Well, I, I think <laughs> all they're doing is this is their journey to success. I wondered too, like, okay, as an athlete, maybe that's how you have to look at it too. Um, well, you're going to lose. You are going to lose for sure. And I think that that makes sense. But also sometimes I feel like, man, as a fan, I don't have to look at it that way. No. And any athlete will tell you that so much of being an athlete isn't about the results because you can't be concerned with that on your day to day. It's process. Be, being an athlete is you get up and you train and you're doing so much more of that than the actual activity that you're training towards. You know, being an athlete is just make sure that every day you're working on whatever skills you're doing and making sure you're you're ready to go. And all of that is the process. And it's not really about the end results because that's so little of what you do. That's great, Jesse. But could you play that from the beginning one more time so I can just hear him talk? <laughs> I just, I need to know if Giannis has ever been to Taste of the Danforth. <laughs> He's interesting, though. He's an interesting because, guy. No, I need to, because he'll sign here the day after. <laughs> Maybe the day of if he brings the pen. I think. Um, I need it to happen. I also think that, uh, you know, the difference with him saying that versus like, say, applying it to the Leafs is that. Um, he's one. <laughs> yes. It it does mean it more. It does mean something. It's mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that it means more because he's one, mm-hmm. but he's one. Right? Like he knows what it's like to win. He knows that feeling, and he still looks at it like there is no failure. Mm-hmm. Right. It'd be different if you know he'd never won, never won, and we're like, Yeah, well, that's easy for you to say you've never freaking won. Exactly. But jo- Joel Embiid can't sit up there and talk like this. No, he cannot. No. That's, a, that's a dude who's never been out of the second round. 
not unlike uh, some Leafs players we know, mm-hmm. you know? So there are some parallels between the Sixers and Raptors. Yeah, a yep. lot of them. A lot of, hey, we're process driven. We're getting our stars and we're sticking with them no matter what. And then no results in the end. You know, there's a, there's a lot of parallels. And I don't think we would accept the same words from somebody who hadn't won the NBA championship two years ago. The the I like his Michael Jordan thing because, mm-hmm. you know, he won six championships, but he also failed to win the championship nine times. That was the one thing um, I think that um, I didn't know the most <laughs> or was least aware of of when, when I watched. Uh, what was the documentary called again? The, the Last Dance. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't realize how much of Michael Jordan's career came before I was a child who could generate memories. Yes. Even like, I don't remember anything before I was like four years old. Right. So we're talking 1992. So that's not even his first championship. Right. Uh, MJ didn't play six seasons in the league. He also didn't win people. There's also this perception in everyone's kind of memory that he won six in a row. No, like there was two Rockets championships back to back in the middle of his run. And he was also there for one of the playoffs where uh, he got eliminated coming back from playing baseball. And the thought is, well, if he did play those two, then they would have won eight straight. But I mean, I came away from that documentary like, well, no, he needed those two years to, well, I guess one and a half year mm-hmm. um, to recover. There's no way he would have won four straight, five straight, the way things were going. He definitely wouldn't have won eight straight. Maybe that second uh, three-peat never happens. Right, exactly. If, if he didn't take Because of the wear and tear on, on playing basketball every day instead of training for baseball. His His journey didn't even involve basketball the entire time. Like his journey to success and greatness didn't even involve basketball the entire time. So it's it's a good way to look at it. I think a lot of people would probably call it a loser mentality, but it comes from a winner. Which side do you guys fall on? Is it, you don't have to take a side, obviously. Like you can just you can take a look at the whole situation and be like, I understand. I'm on his own. side because he's a winner. Yeah. Um, and I like that from an athlete. I do. And and if the Leafs think that way, that's awesome. I, you know, or for your local sports team thinks that way, that's awesome. Um, but again, I'm I feel like that because he has one. Mm-hmm. Losses like what happened to the Bucks and the Bruins this year are really difficult to digest and I think properly evaluate in the moment. Mm-hmm. Because like I think if the Heat or the Panthers go on to the second round and completely fold like a cheap suit, then we go, yeah, the Bucks and the Bruins absolutely dropped the ball. But like you look at the way the Heat and the Panthers are just running over all the competition. Mm-hmm. It's it it definitely makes it look a little more like it's it's the Heat and the Panthers accomplishment rather than the Bucks and the Bruins failure. Yeah. Right. And, and the Leafs too. And the Leafs. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The Leafs weren't this competitive as Carolina is versus Florida. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you saw a completely different reaction between Sheldon Keefe and Rod Brindamore, and that's it's just based in reality. Like the the Leafs yeah. did not show up uh, nearly the same way that Florida did, and Carolina is just. Out, like I mean, they're, they're playing great. Yeah. They're playing great. What do you want? There, there are some flaws in terms of uh, the goal scoring isn't there for Carolina, but is is that because their two top goal scorers are got, are out? Exactly, and you're, you're missing, playing Barovsky. You're missing their top two goal scorers, and they're getting the greatest goaltending in the world from uh, Sergey Barovsky. So, right. 
circumstances, everybody. There was a really, <laughs> uh, I suppose we'll get into that mm-hmm. later. Oh, we will. The, yeah, we'll so get into it. Later. Why don't we do this? Why don't we uh, bring on Dave? And then we're going to talk the Dallas Stars and their lackluster effort and Jamie Benn and a potential suspension. Jamie Benn was just on his road to success. No, that's what it was. <laughs> For sure. You can bet that with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. You know, Dave, normally you're here telling us what the odds are. But I have, I want to start this one with a question for you. And it's, we're, we're looking at, I don't know if this has ever happened in history, but we're looking at, for sure, history being made with the fact that there could be an Eastern and a Western Conference sweep starting tonight. Uh, and then obviously we'll find out fully tomorrow. So can we... Is it possible to do like a request live and in the moment with you right now to get a prop up on Sports Interaction to say yes or no? Like, a, uh, uh, how would you? It's a parlay, right, Jesse? Is that okay? Do you know what I'm doing? What are you? What are you doing? I'm getting my broom out. Oh, because this is the sweep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I love it. <laughs> what do you think, Dave? Um, yeah, you know what? I really like that idea. So, so essentially, what we'd be looking at, guys, is a Florida Panther sweep combined with a Vegas Golden Knight sweep. Is right. that what yeah. we're saying here? Yeah. So Vegas, and they Florida both have win to the next get to be successful, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We're going to make this happen. Yes. Uh, give me some names. Give me some names. What are we going to call this? Uh, okay. Uh, the get your brooms out. The, get the, my brooms the out. Clean okay. sweep. Trouble clean brooming. Sweep. Trouble, bro- <laughs> trouble, trouble brooming. Okay. Metro hey, brooming. Hey, 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 you guys work for the Toronto Sun over there? I I love the sun. I love the sun. I'm just oh, joking. Gosh. What else you got? Um, yeah, let's do this. Metro let's do brooming. This. So let's, see. Um, and let's see if we could jack up that number. That's nice right. And high. Yeah. Boom. Raider, like Tomb Raider. We could call oh, it. No. We call it. Uh, this one isn't about the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right? this one right? isn't about the. You know what? You it know? would be different. Yeah, it would yeah. be different because uh, but- usually it's what what Coke Slurpee will the next Maple Leaf. Yeah, choose, right. I mean, I mean, so it's true. Uh, this is this is a little different. I like it. I like mm. the, I like your thinking here. I like your whistles thinking. and okay, bristles. Well, okay. <laughs> Stop so, it. <laughs> okay, so realistically, realistically, yep. when we put this prop on the site, which you know what, I'm going to say yes, we will. Okay. Um, what are you betting on? Are you are you thinking it's a sweep? Because man, Dallas looked like they didn't want to show up yesterday, oh. and Jamie Ben thought early shower. Um, man, that I was I was shocked by that. I really was. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I, honestly, to me, uh, I mean, it's hockey, it's chaos, anything can happen. Yep. To me, the big question is Florida, Florida, Carolina, right? Like, it, it, you know, to, the the fact is Carolina has outplayed Florida three times. And even their head coach in front of the media is like, I don't know what we can even do. Not uh, <laughs> but they keep winning. So it's impossible to bet against Florida. But if there's one series that... That's not true. You're allowed on the website. Yeah, I guess I could. Uh, you could bet that. Um, I, I, point, I, Steve. My question is... is is Florida really going to do it in four, right? Are they really going to do it in four? Uh, I think they're going to do it, but is it in four? Um, I think the Vegas Dallas series ended when Jamie Ben cross-checked Mark Stone in the head. That's what I think. That's what I honestly think. I don't think Dallas showed up. I don't think they cared, uh, or I don't think they cared enough. I think uh, the Miami Heat ruined the quadruple sweep. I know! I think the Panthers (laughs) ruined the double sweep and dropped game four because they have not won a game four in these playoffs. Oh, and two. Oh, and two. Mr. Stats over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I do? Stats, Daddy. <laughs> what I do? Jesse, what do you? By think? the way, 
by the way, going oh. into uh, game number four, uh, Vegas paying a 204 to win game number four. So, oh. Jess, if you're interested in that sweep one, you could also go individual game if you want. Yeah, so, no, they're the underdogs. Yeah, that you should uh, yeah. probably get on that. But I feel like if if this could be a yes or no bet, I think that makes it even more interesting, you know, if, if we can bet the no side. Because it's so hard for any NHL team to win four games in a row. Yes, it is very, you know, especially in these playoffs, like sweeps are so rare. But if yep. any two teams are going to do it, it's going to be these two coming off their game. So, so I'm kind of kind of split at the time we're recording this. Jamie Ben hasn't been suspended yet. Sounds like he might be. Would that affect the odds? Uh, yes. Yes. Jamie Ben would be uh, would be one of those. You know, I, I'm not saying that he's uh, like a Jake Ottinger, like an Ottinger injury would mm-hmm. really affect the odds, even though he's really been hot and cold in this entire yeah. Stanley Cup postseason. Uh, but somebody like him, just because of the significance of a, you know, a, a top six forward, um, you know, Jamie Ben isn't the Jamie Ben that won the Art Ross also a couple of years ago, guys. Uh, points, maybe. But but yeah, it's uh, I know such a low total too. I, I know. Look at yeah. it. And well, was Jamie Ben what? So anyway, <laughs> uh, I want to throw this out funny. there before we yeah. before we go. And Dave, Dave, uh, uh, when those odds go up on the website, Dave will text me and we'll we'll feature it on the show and we will definitely tweet it out. But. Um, uh, the GM bet, because we've got a head coach for the Leafs and a GM bet yep. for the Leafs right now at Sports Interaction. And Brad Tree Living started it at about like a three, Dave. It's now, I'm just checking it now. He's now at a 1.99. Tulski wow. is second at a 5.06. Do you yep. have Do you have somebody you would put your money on? Well, I, I, for the life of me, just because of a couple friends, I, I was looking at a Stan Bowman, but a Stan Bowman doesn't even look like he's in consideration right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think that, you know, tick, tick, tick goes the clock. Uh, the Leafs are going to make this decision sooner than we think because they kind of have to. Uh, maybe it is uh, a Brad Tree living in this situation. So uh, let's all head over to Boston Pizza <laughs> and uh, celebrate with Pops and uh, <laughs> pierogi <laughs> <Perugia> Pizza. <laughs> What are the what are the odds that Scotiabank Arena is renamed Boston Pizza Place? <laughs> well, well, they got the right guy in place. Yeah. If, if he's the right guy that comes in, you know, it's interesting though because they're in a tight spot too, Brendan Shanahan. Where where you're looking at get the guy in place ASAP because here's your laundry list of things. And oh, by the way. Draft's coming up in about four weeks. Mm. Poor right. Shanahan. We're all looking for the guy who did this. <laughs> yes, I, I know. I know. We'll, we'll keep Show yourself. <laughs> Show yourself who Dave. did this to Brendan. Dave, we'll see you on Friday, buddy. I uh, love you guys. See ya. Thanks, man. We want to tell you about the fourth annual Lauren Wright Co-Ed Slow Pitch Tournament. It's a tournament held in memory of Lauren Wright, who we lost at the age of 18, May 28th, 2014, to suicide. Now, Lauren's love of sports uh, inspired her family to organize this uh, slow pitch tournament with Kids Help Phone and Bereaved Families of Ontario, the Durham chapter. They are two essential organizations in the community. Lauren was an avid hockey player and an avid softball player. This year's tournament is going to be held on Sunday, June 11th at Lakefront Diamonds in Oshawa, some, a place that Steve is familiar with. Yes. Um, there are still some room for players and teams. Registration is $400 per team. Uh, also, SDPN is happy to be a, uh, a diamond sponsor uh, as a part of the, the, the tournament as well. So um, we're, we're, we're going to be up supporting. Uh, obviously, if you want to be a part of it, we'd love for you to get in touch with Greg Wright or Lisa Walker. Greg's email is Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, two as in the number, and Greg at rogers.com. So that's Wright to Greg or Lisa Walker at Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, two, 
like the uh, number, lisa at hotmail.com. So that's right to Greg or right to Lisa for more information. Uh, you can also find them on Facebook by searching the Lauren Wright Memorial Co-Ed Slow Pitch Tournament. So uh, guys, we're going to do a, a pick your own adventure. You remember those books from school? Yeah, books. Now, they both have a lot to do with each other, these two subjects. Mm. But I just didn't know which one you wanted to start with. Do you want to start with Dallas's poor performance against Vegas? Mm -hmm. That came out of nowhere. Or do you want to start with Jamie Benn's performance that led to him getting booted and not talking to the media, even though he's the captain, and then talk about Dallas's poor performance? Well, Adam, those are two very unrelated things. Well, I, I did say they were related. Yeah. No. I think the Jamie Ben incident stem uh, leads to their poor performance. So then we'll start. I think that's, that's, that's the joke. That's the starting point. No, but I'm answering yeah. his question oh. instead mm -hmm. of just joking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, <laughs> I, used to, I, I, I don't simply understand. couldn't. <laughs> So for those answer a question plainly <laughs> like an adult, never not what on this the show. Fuck are you talking about? Couldn't be us. Not on this show. Nope. Honestly, it's not us very often. No. I want to read from Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. Never heard of him. Uh, he said that the lead line that Alistar has defended Captain Jamie Ben after he was ejected uh, in the first period of their devastating four nothing loss in Game Three. Mm -hmm. At one fifty three, the first period, Ben skated off to the locker room with a game misconduct penalty. Um, the rule is rule 59 cross-checking, uh, match penalty can be assessed if the referee believes a player attempted to deliberately injure or did injure, uh, his opponent by cross-checking. So what happened was he knocked Mark Stone over and, it, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that alone in the regular season is, is a, a, uh, an interference penalty for sure. But we know it's the playoffs and, oh, you got it? Uh, I, mean, you, well, well, I, I accidentally played something on my phone. Okay. Uh, okay. But, um, but what, you know, where the actual penalty was assessed is as Mark Stone is on the ground and Mark Stone has had significant injury history recently. Yes. Um, Jamie Ben decides, do you want to taste some carbon? And, and then puts his stick right into Mark Stone's face, full blown cross check. And Jamie Ben is not a small man. He's a big man. He's a big fella. Big like he's the kind of guy who's so big, his muscles throw, show through his jersey. Yeah. He's big. Um, and he I plays big. Um, and people love the way that Jamie Benn plays. He's the captain of the team. I think Stars fan like the way he plays. I think they love it. I think if you play against the Stars, you hate him a lot. Uh, Jamie Benn, uh, if, you, if you're a Leafs fan, you remember that uh, in the Dallas Leafs game uh, early on in the season, Crosscheck Matthews right in the back. Uh, knowing that he has a back injury. Which is why I don't understand why he didn't just do that to Mark Stone. Cross-check him in the yeah, back. Yeah. Number one, you know he has a surgically repaired back. And number two, the NHL and the Department of Player Safety told you that was perfectly fine. Well, because he's only ever been, he's only ever been fined for this, right? Now, he will have a player, um, uh, a player. Hearing. Yeah, yeah, there will be a hearing. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I, I jokingly guessed on Twitter today that it'll be another $5,000 fine. If they have a hearing, it doesn't mean that he gets suspended. It means that they can suspend him more than, I think, three games, right? That's the rule? Uh, no. Uh, it's, an in-person. When it's an in-person hearing, mm -hmm. they can do five or more. So it's a f this, is a, this is not an in-person from what I understand. No. 
No. Um, and Maddie, you can use that screenshot if you want for everybody to see the attack on the head. It, it, it was Mark like, it really was. It's idiotic. Like, it's fucking dumb. Let's, let's call it what it is. I mean, I'm, I'm so, <laughs> there was a great gathering last night. There were, there were people feigning disbelief uh, at uh, such a great leader and Jamie Ben doing something like this. And there was the rest of us with, you know, eyes who watch hockey who are like, yeah, this is a historically dirty player. He's an incredibly dirty player. He's always been an incredibly dirty player. Well, uh, like, I don't know if he's been suspended. I know there was something from 2013, but that's 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Uh, th this whole thing with Peros and, oh, he was never suspended in his career. Well, that means he did nothing dirty ever then. Mm -hmm. Great. Couldn't. No, Jamie Ben plays. I, listen, I'm sure he's a wonderful guy and gives teddy bears and, and, and sign pucks and everything to all the good little boys and girls around the arena. He plays like an absolute yep. scumbag and there are ways to play like a scumbag within the lines. He never plays like a scumbag within the lines and he's never held to account for it. Mm -hmm. So I would like to ask the department of player safety. Do you like your monster? Dr. Frankenstein? <laughs> well, and you created this. So I want you suck at your job. I want to ask you this. I'm going to read you these quotes. I want to hear what you think. Okay. Peter DeBoer, his coach. Ben made a mistake on the play. I don't think anyone in the building feels worse than he does about it. I'm not going to pile yeah? on him. The, the he's family been a, that paid a shitload of money to go to a playoff game. He's they, been, they don't feel worse. He's been a leader here for his entire career and leads by example every day on and off the ice. And I don't doubt that he made a mistake. Fortunately, Mark Stone is okay. Fortunately, Mark Stone is okay, which is going to be the point that the Dallas Stars try to emphasize. Um, you know what? I, I, I don't think Jamie Benn should use that as an argument during his hearing, though. Mm -hmm. No, what I think he should do is bring in the video of him uh, breaking Dylan Larkin's neck. Um, he should bring in the video of him cross-checking Dylan Larkin in the neck. Jesse brought it up so fast. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's where I was going to go with this because uh, we got to give a good shout out to the Wing Wheel podcast, our long. Oh, friends, we love them. Who brought this to the attention of the Twitter sphere at the end of the 2021 season or during the 2021 season? Jamie Ben decided to to go to town on Dylan Larkin's neck and back, and it ended his season. Yep. And there was no and he discipline was in the to follow, follow that. Yeah, he was in the hospital. He didn't play anymore. Jamie Ben got no discipline. Can you do you have the article up or is that just the video? It's just the video. Because there was a like he was in the hospital for a while wearing like apparatus on his neck. And it's been articulated to me that this is a freak play. No. A freak play is when something happens by accident. Jamie Ben planted his stick in a cross check hold or whatever, planted his stick into Dylan Larkin's neck. That's not an accident, guys. This is what I keep talking about with the Department of Player Safety, and maybe someone will eventually listen. You let players get away with this. You do not create a learning environment. You do not create a deterrent. Dylan Larkin, captain of a hockey team, I don't know if he was back then, but one of your star players gets I don't believe injured for the rest of the season. It was relatively late in the season, but he gets injured for the rest of the season because why? 
The injury didn't fall out of the friggin' sky. This dirty player, who you enable to be a dirty player, planted his stick into an opponent's neck, fracturing the thing. Not a league! It's not a league! Guys, it's, when are you gonna... It's, it's funny that you're focused Steve here. whining again. <laughs> Just making valid points. Jamie, Ben must about, be a, a leaf. Because you're whining, or no, sorry, Mark Stone must be a leaf because you're whining about. Oh, it. I know my noted favorite player ever, Mark Stone. Will you fuck off? Jeez, <laughs> it's funny that your, your focus here is on the department Department of Player Safety because during this whole incident, like my focus was on Jamie Ben and like how I don't this this is a player who should never be captain for the Dallas Stars ever again. And if we Whoa. if we want to go to you have the quotes for Why not? well and whatever you have the you have the quotes you have the quotes about everybody saying what happened post game and and Peter Bohr and all that nonsense and like who cares? This is a guy who after this incident refused to speak to the media. He sat in the locker room for two, two and a half periods. And then there's video of him heading to his fucking G-Wagon and leaving the arena. Now, All the housewives what up. happened? Like, did he refuse to speak to the media or did the stars? He refused, he to, speak refused to, to speak to he the media. That is his, media. He is the captain of the Dallas Stars. If he needs to be out there, he no, no PRs person is telling him not to be out there. And, you know, Steve, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to say. You know, I, I didn't intend to do that. I, I feel bad for Mark Stone, and, and that's not my character. That was so easy. He, I don't think. Was he, that not easy? I don't think he thinks he did a thing. I thought you should know, too, that George Peros, who is the director of Department of Player Safety, was at the game. Yeah, he, you know, I always uh, try to support my friends. So Him and Jamie Ben are buds. Are they? Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. We've talked about it before. Have we? Not a league. Um, Peter DeBoer said, we will live with the consequences, whatever they are. We will live with them tonight and we will live with them going forward. It's a reactionary sport, heat of the moment sport. There's a lot of stuff going on on the ice. I'm not the judge and the jury. I'm not going to play that tonight. Now, I want to move on to a couple other quotes because Sagan and Pavelski, in the absence of Jamie Benn speaking, had to speak because, for him. Because he's a coward. Well, it is. It doesn't look good. It does. No, look because he, he didn't want to face what he did. The consequences of what he, he didn't want to talk to anybody about his deliberate actions on the ice because he's a fucking coward. So, so here, here, before, before you get to those quotes. Sorry, Adam. Sorry, Adam. No, no. So, J Jesse, it's funny. You're taking the approach that I think a lot of people are going to go, Steve, why the hell are you going after Department of Plays, Player Safety? Jamie Ben is the one who did the thing. And you're 100%. I think right. it's both. I think you are so right about what you're talking about. This isn't a lead because he should have been reprimanded for everything he's done in his career so far. He, Jamie Ben is doing his job, which is, and he, you know, we talked about what is and isn't a failure. Uh, whether you call this a failure or a lesson, he learned a hell of a lesson last night. Um, it's just, he should have learned that lesson before. Jamie Ben does his job every night by playing as hard as he can to try to help the Dallas Stars win. And in trying to do his job and help the Dallas Stars win, he walks the line and he dips a toe over the line and he dips a foot over the line. And Jamie Ben, for a very long time now, has been running 20 feet in front of the line. <laughs> the, and no one's told him to slow down. So no, why would they? The Department of Player Safety is there for punishment but it's there 
to act as a deterrent. It's there as a prevention mm -hmm. for this sort of thing. This is why we keep yelling about these dinky little fines and these dinky little one and two game suspensions that in an 82 game season do not friggin matter. Players are not concerned about getting suspended in October, November, um, in which Jamie Ben showed by Jamie Ben put Austin Matthews out of sorts for like two months with his cross check in one of the first games of the season. No repercussions whatsoever. So this dude has been able to do whatever he wants. A fine is supposed to be there as what? A deterrent. The, the precursor for a suspension. Mm -hmm. He was fined in a game in the playoffs last year. And the next game he did something else and was fined again. The next game? Not a league. So when I see Jamie Benn do something like this, I am absolutely not surprised to see a dirty, dirty, dirty player that has never been held accountable ever, ever do it again. And, and like he does annoying chicken shit stuff all the time, like what he did with Zach Hyman mm -hmm. earlier this season. That's annoying chicken shit stuff. But this is like... He like execution style comes down on Mark Stone's net. What a what a nut job. Like what a nut job. But the league manufactures these nut jobs. They enable by not they enable it. Wear it, George. Wear it. This is your fault. This is the Department of Player Safety's fault. And the the Texas market is gonna be out of this playoff run because you stink at your job. Good lord, do the sport a favor and resign. Sorry, Adam. No problem. Uh, Dallas Ford, uh, Tyler Sagan. Jamie's one of the one of, if not the best captain in the league and a top leader. Collectively, we lost as a group. So he doesn't blame that. Uh, Joel Pavelski, former what? captain of the San Jose Sharks. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, just what's he going to say? Um, he was tied up and engaged and went for a little extra. Emotions get the best of us at all points. Now, a little at some extra. point, it's just a little extra. So and then they asked him, well, are you disappointed? Mm -hmm. in Ben. And this is where the quote gets spicy. Mm -hmm. No, you guys ask if I'm disappointed in the guy I have so much respect for who battles so hard. I have no problems with him. Uh, we have to be better from there. We're in the conference finals. They don't come around every day. We still have a little life. Now, here's my issue. You have less life than you did before Jamie cross-checked him in the face. If yep. you're talking about two goals getting the best of you, I find it odd that less than two minutes into the game, that's what the excuse is. I can see that in the third period. At any point in the third you're period. You're down by three I, something. And you're like set. pissed. And it's like, no, you're not going to yeah. fucking do that in my house or whatever. But it's a minute and a half into the game. This, ser this series was still there for the taking for the Dallas Stars. Totally. And Jamie Benn lost his cool, according to his own teammates. His emotions got the best of him a couple minutes into the game. And it, we haven't even talked about it led directly to two goals for Vegas. And after those two goals, Ottinger was completely out of sorts. He was shaky. He didn't have it. And the game was over. And essentially, the series is over. And that first period, it killed him. And then you get later on in the game. It's 4 nothing. Max Domi hits Nicholas Hag from behind. Oh, my gosh. Um, and and I'm actually... I'm because sorry. why not? Uh, he then skated up to Hag, 
to throw a couple of gloved punches at him. Uh, I'm just reading from Wish's article here. He was given, Domi was given a cross-checking and roughing minor in a 10-minute misconduct. Uh, following those calls, that's when Dallas started throwing plastic bottles and garbage on the ice in protest. Um, the dude who threw the popcorn at Aiden Hill walking out of the tunnel, like, come on. Did you see Aiden Hill's line? Uh, <laughs> I guess everything hit me that night. <laughs> like, 10 out of 10. That's that a good quote. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I love I love a good rivalry. You know, in hockey, you're going to have dirty plays. You are. It's just going to happen. Of course. But, okay, so the Max Domi one. It's not the department uh, of uh, nothing bad is ever going to happen. 100%. Right. And this is a violent sport. We love mm-hmm. a violent sport. Max Domi hitting Hag from behind is, while not in the rules, um, <laughs> something that you can see happening. Throughout the course of a season, you can. Don't yes. tell me you can't. No, you can. can. It's just so so. Hold on, meditated Sure, but you can see it happening. Yes. What 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 makes the Jamie Ben thing stand out so much? And and Dallas fans, and I've had Dallas fans in my mentions saying, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. He never does this." I'm like, "Come on, guys. You oh. watch more Dallas games Jamie than I do." Ben is one of the top five dirtiest players, in the- and and he gets paid very much for that. And the, and he and is scoring. He beats up my team only twice a season. I can only imagine what people in the central think. A hundred percent. I'm what my point is is that what makes the Jamie Ben thing stand out so much is three factors. Number one, it happens early in the game. Okay. Number two, he's the captain. Number three, he doesn't speak to the media afterwards. And you can you can tear me apart for that. Uh, you you can say, oh, you're a member of the media, so this directly benefits you, bro. Hockey quotes usually are bullshit anyway, and I'm not down there with a fucking microphone. I'm not in those scrums after. It really actually doesn't. But what you do when you're a leader is you take responsibility for your actions. And there's no other way to look at this other than Jamie Benn threw the game. He threw the game for his team. And then he is their leader. He makes he makes the secondary leaders on the team stand up for him and the head coach. And he hid behind his coach, and he hid behind Sagan, and his G-Way. and he hid behind yep. uh, Pavelski. He hid behind all the players he left out there to dry, mm-hmm. on and off the ice. And they may not be mad at him for it, and Dallas Stars fans may not be mad at him for it. But the you that doesn't change the reality of the situation, which is the leader didn't lead. I and, don't expect and, any of them to hammer him publicly. And in a two zero game, in a two zero game where you need to get that win to make it two one, you just can't. And and I think a a hockey fan, period, any hockey fan anywhere, if you were to say, okay, forget that you even know the player names, you don't know the teams. If I presented this situation, captain of one team goes after captain of another team, cross checks him in the head. It's the conference finals. The team that the, the team of the captain that cross checks and does the bad stuff. They're the ones that are down. Is that a good idea? And every single person is going to say no. And this is where like the violence in hockey, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, certain things I'm like, that's just a bullshit play. I expect violence. Uh, to a certain extent, I like violence. I still stand up when people fight. I'm a bit of a caveman that way. Uh, do I think fighting should be out of the game? Probably, but I still do it. Um, call me a hypocrite. I am. But I have to tell you, it's just dumb. It's just stupid. It's stupid hockey. Like, and you even- can't, you can't tell me, you can't convince me otherwise. Dallas is better than what they have shown in this series, and they didn't even get the chance to show it in Game Three. No, mm. and and like even a like a dirty hit, like uh, like we bring up Jacob Truba a lot. There's there's a guy who walks the line. Yep. Right. 
Most of his hit his hits are pretty clean though. Most of them. Most. But there there are they're overly violent, but within the rules. Yes. Yeah, but even the ones that step over the line, you're like, well, I understand it's a split second decision, but again, again, oh man, it's a split second decision. One that he always makes. One that he always makes is uh, the hit button, hit button, hit button. Um, again, I, ju- I just don't understand what the Department of Player Safety mm-hmm. thinks their job in all of this is. And so, yeah, you, you can take a look at the Department of Player Safety who does no job in deterring these players. So then I look at, hey, these players who are established and they understand the rules and the rules they're playing with, and they go out there and they do these dangerous... What, what's up? I'm putting my finger up because Jamie Benn has spoken to the media as of nine minutes ago. Oh, okay. And here's what he said. Mr. Coward came out of his cave. He says he wished he wouldn't have fallen on stone and used his stick as a landing point. You're, you're in the fourth grade. Well, I mean, that's, obviously, uh, you're in your you're an actual elementary school student. Frank Saravalli like actually retweeted Jamie Hirsch with the quote. Oh. Frank Saravalli retweeted and said, damn, I wish this fork would stop making me so fat. Oh, <laughs> no, line. that's a good line. <laughs> he said, here's here's Frank. the full quote here. Frank from the fucking top wrote Saravalli. Uh, Wyshynski. Uh, um, me too, Frank. Obviously, me did, too. Obviously didn't want to take a five. <laughs> what? And it is Frank's account because Frank was Frank had to get a verification badge because somebody was faking a Kyle Dubas thing yesterday and it looked like Frank and a it bunch got of people. Me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Frank uh, unfortunately now has to pay for Twitter. <laughs> Jamie Ben of the Dallas Stars when asked if he changed anything on the play, obviously didn't want to take a five minute penalty uh, when the game happens fast. Emotions are high. Obviously, I would not have liked to fall on him and I guess use my stick as the landing point. Shut up. Uh, Wyshynski followed up. Um, on talking with player safety, if he'll use I fell on him as a defense, we'll probably go through the whole play starting from RN. I'll try to tell it, uh, tell them how I was feeling and what was going on in the situation. So a non-answer. Jeez. Dude's a bad captain. It, it's not a... <laughs> listen, I don't think one... If we're all judged on our worst moments, um, we're, uh, that we're all terrible people, Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that that 99% of the time, this guy is a great captain. And I think, I think that the players love him. The fans yeah. love him. He's great in the community. All the things that make a great captain. But this is a big moment. And this is a bad moment. And and you hid. You ran away, man. And that and I understand where you're coming from, Jesse. I think most of the time. I think that when you are in the conference finals down 2-0 and this happens and everything we've outlined happens, that makes you a bad captain. He you're not a good leader. I think if he, this, this is the peak. Like we're not getting into more situations where you are more necessary. Yeah. You are the most necessary in this these circumstances. We judge players based on postseason success and the things that happen at the highest level. This is it. It's a very different take on our Giannis conversation. <laughs> yeah, you go back to the beginning of the show. It's like, well, yeah. you know, this is just a stepping stone for them. But it's I, just a stepping stone. It's not no, it's a, his, his name is Mark, actually. Mark Stone. Now, he, he stepping on. over him with my stick this held in both hands. This is hearing, so he can't, to, to, to defend Jamie Benn here, and I know, I know, you hate me, um, to devil's advocate this, but actually, um, he can't come out today and say, yeah, I fucked up. Because then he's got to go to the hearing this afternoon and say why he didn't fuck up. So there I, are better words he could have used. 
Instead no. of like well, trying words to- at all last night would have been good. Words, first of all, talk to the media. Yeah. Don't run. Second of all, give some sort of just, hey, I didn't mean, if you want to say you didn't mean to do it, say that. It's out of my character. Uh, I took my team out of the game. Own some responsibility for the things that unfolded after. It led directly to two goals. Let's talk about the on-ice implications of what you did. Two goals were scored, and then your team lost the entire series because of this. So it's, well. Take some responsibility. We'll see. We, we. Yeah, unless they come back, Dario. We know, we know it's a copycat league. I want to know who's giving these players the advice to handle it this way, mm-hmm. like before hearings, because, well, and even after Alex Petrangelo to turn this back around on Vegas, uh, when he did what he did to Leon Dreisaitl, which was just as premeditated, it was more premeditated and just as dirty, um, tried to injure a player. Tried to injure the team's best goal scorer. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's what he tried to do. Try to injure the top goal scorer in the playoffs. It's one game. That's it. Afterward, he was brash and unapologetic and uh, combative about it. And basically said, you know what's going on here. Or you've seen what's going on. Which is mind games. No, but... His message to me was loud and clear, and he didn't say it in these words because Edmonton, specifically Evander Kane, was getting away with murder in that series. And because it was going so unchecked, he just said, fuck it. I'm I'm just going to simply try to hack this guy's arm off. Yeah. And then nurse (laughs) misses... Nurse misses game four on a, or whatever it was. Nurse misses the next game because he's suspended on a technicality. Yep. With a willing combatant. Um, And that is to the Department of Player Safety as bad as a premeditated attempt to injure the leading goal scorer in the NHL. So, I mean, this is where we're at with this league, right? This is, this is where we're at. Um, they let everything get out of hand, everything. And then it gets to a point where someone does something nuts. Mm -hmm. The league has made in my mind, two enormous mistakes, um, with regard to the nature of the sport. I've talked about this before. 0506, they jacked the penalties up because they changed the rules a little bit. Instead of letting the players acclimatize to the rules, what did they do? What did they do, Steve? They changed the way it was officiated. They changed it and it went back and mm-hmm. back and back and back and it regressed, regressed, regressed. And now is it better than it was in 1999? Yeah. <laughs> is it anywhere near where it ought to be? No, because they fixed. They began fixing a problem and didn't like the result. And instead of letting the players adjust, they adjusted to the players. They let the inmates run the asylum. Mm -hmm. Right. The other one was Brendan Shanahan, Mm -hmm. who we can all talk about the job he's done as the Leafs president. When he was the head of the Department of Player Safety, he 
jack the suspensions up. And again, it's a jolt to the system because he was handing out suspensions we hadn't seen. And we were all like, whoa, whoa. And instead of acclimatizing to, you know what? Maybe deliberate attempts to injure players are bad. We dialed it back again. And now here we are, like player safety uh, in, in terms of suspensions for incidents. Uh, we, we talked about penalties being better than where they were in 99. I don't think suspensions are. No. At all. No. Nope. At all. I think no, we're not. right where we are. And now, and this is another, the the one last thing I want to say on this. It Listen, a lot of th- parts about getting older suck. Um, I'm sore all the time. I don't like it. But one thing I do like about getting older is when people say things to me like, you know what? When there was more fighting in the game, this sort of stuff never happened. I'm old enough that I can categorically say that is wrong. (laughs) This shit happened all the time and there would be fights. Yeah. So I think the fights make people feel better about it. Mm -hmm. You know, someone hurts your player. You want him to be, you wanted to, I, it would have been nice if someone stuck up for, you know, what feels better to make it about the least scoring two goals on the, on the power play. And that makes that's better than a fight going to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, that'll that'll feel real good. For and Vegas. the and with that victory, the Vegas Golden Knights hold their stick to the Dallas Stars' throats. Oh, oh, ha Hey, by the way, oh, shut up. It was good. A little update. It was good. It was good. They they went with the name Clean Sweep for our. You can bet that. Hey, uh, both teams must win their series by a score of four zero. Right, four games to nada. Your no is a 1.13. Your yes is a five. Oh, five to wow. Those, five are, to uh, those are really boosted because I think if you just parlay them like regularly, it's only like a 3.9 or something like so that. What well, I'm going to tweet that out. We should definitely be. Uh, hey, they made it. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely be jumping raise on that. That's cool. Let's raise the roof. For raise, the roof. So, raise the roof. So <laughs> he's still doing it. He's still raising it. <laughs> you got eight foot ceilings. I'm here. having a good time. What are the sheer odds? <laughs> I'm over here having a having a chuckle. What are the sheer odds Jamie Ben has a hearing and doesn't get suspended? Oh, I oh. think they're pretty good. That's why I laughed about. I, that's why I tweeted five k five thousand dollar fine. Well, because what okay, a shame. So if I'm Jamie Ben and I already don't think I've done anything wrong, um, I'm gonna go into this and if I get a game suspension, I'm gonna say so. You're giving me two. He was he was kicked out hmm. of a game. Less than two minutes in. So that's one. No, no. Like what he (laughs) got was worse than a one game suspension, right? So let's say he did something. It went uncalled. Afterward, they reviewed it and they gave him a one game suspension. The Dallas Stars are without him for all of game four, but they don't have to kill off a five minute major. (laughs) This is worse. Hmm. At the beginning of a game, he's what? One, two shifts into the game. For him, uh, two shifts into the game, he gets kicked out. They have to kill off a five-minute major. They can't. They allow two goals. They were never able to recover from it. They lost the game, and now they're down 3-0, and they have to do something only four teams have ever done. So if I'm Jamie Ben, my argument is I've done my time. 
Mm. The, see, so you bringing that up makes me even more mad about like the points you're making because it's so true about how they're not a real league because all I can think about in my head is the Kyle Clifford suspension where it was the, the what was it the second <laughs> now you're gonna get even more around no, up don't, do the don't do it because, Jesse okay <laughs> well and like the Polisar hit well, from the 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 it was the game after the Petro mm-hmm. thing and that got nothing so the Kyle nothing. Clifford suspension it happened what five minutes into the game and he gets that full game misconduct and then they decide to spend suspend him for another game. Yeah. So it essentially became two games. And if they go out and they do something like that and they say, okay, you got this game, so it's only a fine or something. Let it's all some, made up nonsense. It's add, so well, well, we aggravating. No, it already is. It, we they already know it's made up it's nonsense. About, can we were talk? they injured? Were they not? Where do you play in the lineup? Are you on Toronto? Do you give out signed sticks? Yeah, do you tell funny Kadri. jokes on the face-off circle? Did you? Like, yeah. Are you wearing the, the the jersey of the team that ended my career, essentially? Yeah. Um, and if who, not, then you're okay. But uh, let me say, whose dad works for which team? Uh, yeah. Well, Jesse, I don't know if I can trust you. You're wearing Dallas Stars colors today, so um, I'm <laughs> not sure. Maybe you are an agent for them. But I also want to throw this at you. Okay, which guys? player is Wilson? Um, <laughs> there was an argument made in the second round uh, that Petrangelo doesn't get suspended. If Darnell Nurse isn't going to get suspended. And that it was an even up suspension, just kind of like they do even up calls. I don't think it's completely far fetched. Darnell Nurse should have never been suspended. No. Let's be honest. Oh, Based that was bullshit. I understand bullshit. why he was, but like, they've rescinded it before. Right. And that's the thing. They had the option to rescind and they didn't. And it was because they wanted to. Well, we're going to pull one of Edmonton's best out and we're going to pull yeah. one of Vegas's best out. The, let, the, let the let the fighters, let the players play. The worst thing about that is that it was two willing combatants. Yes. yes. It wasn't an instigator against Darn on this. Two people were trying to fight in the, that situation. Yes. I, oh, Stars fans, let me, bring, league. let me bring you back in a little. And Vegas fans, let me push you away a little. Vegas has come out on the... Uh, winning end of a lot of calls these playoffs mm-hmm. a lot of call not necessarily penalty calls but like um uh a department of player safety like yeah. fines like match spend. penalties big fines things. aren't a thing <laughs> i just i don't count them as anything five thousand dollars to this guy who makes seven mil eight mil six mil a year if you think that's anything go look at the boston bruins bar tab from 2011 <laughs> It's the only known barred tab that I've ever seen from the Stanley Cup final. Jesse's looking it up right now. After the Bruins won in Vancouver, if I'm not mistaken, which I might be, what I think happened is the Bruins flew home to Boston and they had an enormous party at a bar. Here it is. Jesse, can you read the bar tab? So they went to uh, MGM Grand at Foxwood. Uh, That's in... uh Mash and Tucket, Connecticut. <laughs> Just <laughs> so New England. Do you want to read the final total? Yeah, Maddie just gasped. Yeah. The final total, 156,679 dollars. Oh, and 74 cents. 
The, Do you want to go through some of the stuff? Yes, because there are some <laughs> genuinely very funny things on on this bar tab. Oh my gosh. Because, okay. That's cool. One bottle of Bacardi, $300. 18 Red Bulls, sugar-free, $90. 18 Red Bulls, not sugar-free, $90. What is what is it? Kamikaze? Uh, one kamikaze. Someone, there was one kamikaze on the entire thing. Who do you ah. think it was? Sagan for sure. Uh, $10. <laughs> Nine bottles uh, a Goose MG. Uh, that's $5,400. 35 Jaeger bombs. Four bottles of Crown, $1,200. Holy shit, 35 Jaeger bombs. Three bottles of Captain Morgan, $900. Five Jaeger Oh my god. Two Coors Light, 135 Bud Light. I want to know who the sticklers were who were like, um, can I have a Coors? The two people. And, yeah, one Hennessy. I, I'm just, I'm obsessed with the ones that are only, there's only one. Okay. One Heineken Light. Now we get to the expensive bottles. So they got uh, two bottles of Ace, Ace of Spades. That's uh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. 800 bucks. 800 bucks. Oh, the one ball of Ace of Spades, 800. Ace Magnum? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't even four know. Four grand. Four grand for two of them. Uh, Moe, they got 20, which came up to four grand. Uh, Ace Rose, uh, $4,800. And then Ace Midas, which is, I guess, the expensive one, uh, $10,000. <laughs> oh, also. Actually, Jesse, that's 100000 Oh, my God. Yeah. Look at the zeros. <laughs> 100000 for that one bottle. And then 67 Fiji waters. <laughs> is the tip on it? Oh, the tip's not on it. No. Tax. Adam, as a Canadian, how much tax? What if this is $156,000 bar tab. Uh, do they, they ta This is in Connecticut. So, you're gonna oh, be, it's in Connecticut? In Ontario, yeah. it would be 15%. So you're probably looking at about 20, 22,000, I think, on nope, 150. Connecticut. Oh, in Connecticut. You should move like your businesses there. Under 7,500. Seven thousand seventy four hundred dollars. Yeah. How do you have roads? <laughs> we should we should all just live in Connecticut. <laughs> but here's the the funny taxes thing. are amazing. The taxes is seven thousand or seventy five hundred. The yeah. service charge is twenty five thousand mm. dollars. Four Heineken. They got two the, blue moons. I guess that's like <laughs> a service charge would be like hey, putting up with your bullshit. Yeah, you're the Boston Bruins. We got to serve you all $100,000 worth yeah, of stuff. A bunch of drunk, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm sure everyone was trying to get in the building that night. Oh, yeah. I'm sure everyone mm -hmm. was tipped very handsomely. So let's assume, I think it's reasonable to assume something like $50,000 worth of tips went out that night. Seriously. Or at least 25 grand? Easily. Right. So well, I mean, maybe that's what the service charge is. So I'm willing to bet it wasn't the entire team. Um, hundred and fifty-six thousand dollars plus all of that. Oh yeah, yeah, five thousand dollar fine. Oh, I'm never gonna financially recover from this fucking tiger. Right, this is it. So to wrap, I'm, I, I just want to look up the bottle, uh, the hundred thousand dollar bottle of bubbly that they got. It's the uh, Ace of Spades Midas version. So it's like the giant bottle of Ace of Spades. It's absolutely enormous. Like yeah. what? How much? liquid is in that bottle i have no idea but uh there's pictures of the bruins with it well, let me see if i can pull this one up yeah so here's a picture of the bruins with the cup with the giant bottle of ace that costs a hundred thousand dollars sean thornton just having an amazing time is that sean thornton i'm pretty sure 
Yeah, that's Sean Thornton. It's so Dan Ochara sipping out of the cup. For anybody listening, that bottle of Ace is as big as the Stanley Cup. There's mm-hmm. a couple dudes in full suits who I'm sure are just sweating their body weight. Just oh god, I want the Leafs to win the cup so bad. Um, all right. <laughs> according to you, just to wrap this, well, we're, we we sort of said all we can say there uh, until. Department of Player Safety meets and they haven't met as of this recording. We don't know. The only way that the Leafs could make this GM search any tighter in terms of timeline is if they used Manscaped products. Wouldn't you say? They're yep. trimming it awful close. Oh, okay. Oh, that was pretty good. Oh, all right. That's all right. That was a, they, they said it, they said it to 0.5. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Now, we used it on your face when the Leafs were eliminated, Steve. Yes. Your beard has grown in very nicely ever since, nice and even. Are you going to to trim it down a little bit? I already have. Oh, you I, have? I trimmed yeah, down yeah. the neck. Oh, because you don't want to be a neck beard guy. No, you don't want to be neck beard Jesse, guy. Jesse, I know that your beard's growing back in. Steve, speaking of Steve's neck beard, can you do the thing where you look like a beaver when you put up your neck beard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love all that. All there goes down. It's very beaverish. The lawnmower 4.0 doesn't make you, uh, doesn't only, sorry, not only makes you easy on the eyes, but it's easy on your skin with its skin safe technology that reduces your nicks and cuts. Manscaped has been working hard uh, with the new Weed Whacker 2.0 as well. Um, and that's the one we used on your facha, your face. Oh, yeah, you see. Mm. All right, so now listen if you want to use Manscaped and you want to look sexy like Steve and Jesse, because I can't grow a beard, uh, <laughs> get 20% off and free shipping with the code dangle at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code dangle, D A N G L E, at manscaped.com. But Adam, yes, can you grow the other areas that Manscaped cleans up? Yeah, above your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So you can use the. Also, product. I use that. I use it on my ears too. I'm sorry. Oh, the ear, the ear and nose trimmer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I use the nose. And the down there the, trimmer. That, that, uh, yeah. Anyway. Do they, they make those? They do. Com, promo code we got to talk about that. Let's wrap it. <laughs> the NHL and NHLPA, according to Chris Johnson of SDPN, hmm. uh, remain in discussions about next year's salary cap range. Uh, Chris's sense is that the union remains open to a baked in $1 million bump to 83 and a half oh. and won't make concessions to push the ceiling higher. Because remember, know. everything to Gary Bettman is a negotiation and the players association or the players themselves as a part of this escrow deal th- dating back to the pandemic where they owed as much as a billion dollars back to the NHL. Uh, um, they're down to $50 million because the league's been profitable. And uh they could come the execs i bet yeah exactly yeah so it's all the execs um the i i whenever i go to a leaf game i turn backwards what gary said look up at the boxes what gary said was that if they wanted to bump it more than that this year well there would have to be a negotiation well there's things that you know we would have to talk about that and what that means is gary wants some sort of concession on probably on the cba uh and the players association is not going to do that because that, as toothless as they are, that would be stupid. That would be coughing something up. So their thinking is, why don't we just wait another year? The cap goes to 83 and a half. Team, like, look at Vegas. They're, oh, you what's know, another year? They're at 95 million anyway. And here's the deal. The following year, and this is why guys like Matthews don't want to sign a long-term contract. You, uh, don't you dare. It's going to jump big. It has to, actually, Adam. Steve. It, mathematically, bullshit. it has to. Not, not bullshit, bullshit, it has to. No, no. I, oh, Steve, you're, the league doesn't deserve me... 
or any fan to believe that. But no, no, but they, Steve, it's not a belief. It's a calcu it's a literal math calculation. Well, and the I'll, reason that they I'll won't do it this year is because the players still owe $50 million mm -hmm. as a part of the, the CBA. So they, they said, we're not raising the cap other than the $1 million bump until that money is paid back. I'm sure this unless the players want to negotiate something. I'm sure and the, the players don't. Four is doing wonders. Well, I, it, it, I, I know that you don't believe it and I understand why, but I'm telling you yeah, that the, it, the, the, Matthews, the Matthews things you're, you're saying is very important because his next contract, the, everybody's saying it's going to take him till age uh, 30 or 31. And then he's going to do his next, his final big contract, the eight year deal that takes him to age 37, 38 range. And that's going to be the giant one because he's going to time the cap uh, a lot better in terms of like this year. It's not ideal in negotiating the new one, but the next one's going to be a huge deal. for Alan Walsh people. just yeah. retweeted the CJ tweet. He said, what Gary Bettman doesn't want anyone to know is he's getting big time heat from the most influential owners in the NHL to raise the upper limit. And who are the most influential? Who are in the executive? It's it's the Chicago, Chicago, Montreal. Boston. Uh, so, you know, the, everybody wants this raised. The NHLPA knows it. So they're like, we're not going to negotiate with you. They actually might have Gary in a tough spot here. Hmm. So that's interesting. I'll believe it when I see it. CJ says it'll take a month or more to sort out completely. So how do you even begin to resign your RFAs and UFAs if you a don't month, know? A, a month or more? It's May 24th. Not a league. Um, <laughs> like I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. Moving to the Act Leafs. like a league. Moving to the Leafs. Uh, <laughs> Freege on the 32 Thoughts blog, which actually worked out to be about 18, 19 Thoughts, uh, because it's difficult to write, and he's on TV every night. I forgive him. Um, talked about essentially what we said yesterday on the show. Mm -hmm. We yesterday on the show, and I think a lot of people have speculated this. I'm not saying we're changing. Oh, whoa, what a big revelation on the STP. But we were saying essentially that Kyle Dubas leaving the Leafs um, uh, was bound to happen if the management structure didn't change. And essentially what Kyle Dubas, if you missed yesterday's show, Kyle Dubas to make a trade or make a signing right now needs to run it through Brennan. And then Brendan takes it to the board and then the board approves, brings it back to Brendan and then Brendan brings it back to Kyle. And they have like 10 RFA UFAs already that they're going to have to make decisions on. Now they don't have a general manager to do it. But even with Kyle here, that process takes too much time. And what Kyle Dubas was essentially saying was, please take the training wheels off. I would like a seat at the table. Uh, I feel like I've earned it. Mm -hmm. um, now, the MLSE board and Brendan Shanahan disagreed with that. And this is where we find ourselves. Um, and here's the problem. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously we know that Brad Living is going to be in Toronto at some point this week for an interview. There are, there are phone calls going out for other interviews as well. We know that there are inter there are GMs angling for this position or former GMs angling for this position. The way that this leadership structure is set up is going to limit the potential candidates for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I'm not just talking about what Brendan outlined in his speech. Let me let me go through this for a second. The problem Toronto faces is what kind of GM is going to accept the kinds of constraints that the organization has built in currently. So the, if this is the setup where you're the GM, most GMs are allowed to go directly to ownership and make a trade, or if they've earned the kind of trust that a lot of GMs have, they make the trade and they inform the ownership later, or they give them the heads up that there's a big trade pending. That's normally, in most NHL franchises, that's how it works, not with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So here, here are your two things that, or your two types of general managers that the Leafs could potentially get. Mm -hmm. Number one, 
a young, never tested GM like Dubas was a few years ago who will fuck up. If you bring in a young GM who's going to be the tutelage of Brendan, this person will fuck up. And Shani said they're not particularly interested in that because he made mention of the fact that they want somebody who already has the real world GM experience. So already that's a short list. Number two, an out of work former GM desperate for work. They'll have the experience, but they fucked up enough in their last job (laughs) that they didn't keep it. And that is why you're seeing names like Shirelli and Chuck Fletcher. And if you think a guy like Doug Armstrong, and we talked about this yesterday, we mused that it, it should be in theory an upgrade. He if needs you, this job like a hole in the head. If you think that Doug Armstrong would go from being able to make whatever trade he wants to having to report to Brendan Shanahan, and by the way, Doug Armstrong's been an executive in the league longer than Shanahan has. Doug Armstrong was an executive while Shanahan was still a player. Why would any good GM sign up for that job? There's no way. No, like, and I'm not ever going to happen. I'm not just talking Doug Armstrong. No, any of them. Why would, if you're a great general manager, Truly, a proven general manager, a proven commodity. How would you sign up for that structure? And it makes what Dubas's ask was a lot more interesting because you go, okay, it, it, in my mind, Kyle Dubas was never coming back unless this change was made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this extension that they were talking about, I have to tell you, I, I, I don't think there's a chance that Kyle Dubas ever comes back. Uh, and, and you can see why. Right. I mean, five years as the general manager, four years before that as the AGM at a certain point. uh, Are you going to let me make the calls or not? Well, and, you know, is it about power? Probably. Is it about I just want to be able to do my job better? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Which which is what we're labeling as power is he wants to make decisions without seeking approval from higher ups. Is it power or ability? Both. I I think it's both. Yeah. 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 And, and, And Adam, so. The it's such a tricky situation and it's so much more complicated than we think because it makes all of the sense in the world for Kyle Dubas to have that autonomy. But the person who has to grant him that autonomy is signing his own resigna- resignation if he gives it to Kyle Dubas. If you give so it- we are now in a rock and a hard place where the guy can't agree to give Kyle Dubas power because then he won't have a job and Kyle Dubas can't have the job because he doesn't have power, so the two sides can't be work together. And it's limiting, and I hope, listen, I know that nobody on the Maple Leaf Sports Board watches this show, but I hope you understand. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're not spending your time. I that. hope you understand that this setup is not setting you up for success. I think Brendan Shanahan's done a great job. I think he's done a great job with the in arena stuff. I think he's got a, done a great job in the community. I think that the Leafs are a better run business with Shanahan on board than pre-Shanahan. There is zero question. That's probably why he's still around. It's certainly not the on-ice success. But let me tell you this, if member of the MLSE board who's definitely not watching this show. Larry Tannenbaum's watching right now. Hey, Larry! You are limiting your candidates (laughs) to people who are okay. To people who are all right. Ordinary. Or untested. Mm -hmm. And ordinary should not be the goal. Brennan Shanahan... Um, is is rightly protecting his job, as somebody in his position would do. Because again, as I told you yesterday, if he allows Dubas to have that and he looks after the business ops, at a certain point, the board's going to look at him and go, listen, Brendan, this, uh, this roller coaster's rolling whether you're on it or not. We're going to make a fortune whether you're here or not. So why are you here? Why are you pulling a big executive salary? We also know from Frege and from Chris Johnston 
that Maple Leaf Sports has, after the Mike Babcock firing, changed their position on executive salaries, meaning that they are hesitant to spend big money on executives because when you fire them, you have to pay them out. And all of this leads us to our uh, the types of candidates that I've out outlined for you. Young, unexperienced, new GM that needs a lot of tutelage and is going to fuck up. Is that good for the Leafs at this position? Is that going to get them to the next level? No. Uh, out of work GM who's desperate, uh, desperate to get back in. Is that going to be great for the Leafs? No, probably not. Should the Leafs and Dubas put their shit aside and get a deal done? Yes. Are they going to? No. Absolutely not. Can I uh, insert a little something? Please. Uh, because the young and inexperienced thing, everyone brings up the name Eric Tulski. Which I love. I, I also love, but I hate the idea that some have put out there that um, Tulski is just going to be another Dubas. He's like not. all guys who believe in analytics are a hive mind. They're all the same. <laughs> That's simply... Not how it works at all. By the way, all analytics people, even the even the analytics pundits, are not the same. No, like like Dom and J Money and MoneyPuck.com and all that. They're all different. They're all coming from different perspectives. They would disagree on things. He's a different person with different experience. Um, and I think it'd be fascinating to have someone go from the notoriously kind of cheap mm -hmm. Carolina Hurricanes to the Leafs, who. Spare no expense, except for at the executive level, apparently. Um, I think that'd be fascinating. So the, the the idea that Tulski and Dubas are two peas in a pod is ignorant. I, I think it's, I well, I also think it's a, a disservice to both of them. They have their own ideas. They're unique individuals. And there's a reason why they've both seen varying degrees of success. And you could almost argue that Tulski has seen more as his AGM uh, because Carolina is a better team. And They've one more playoff series. Certainly. And I think they are a better team overall. Uh, and, and so the Leafs have long held the Hurricanes as a standard for success. And never surpassed them. Never surpassed them. So I I want to I want to say this. Here's my theory. I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat and I'm going to catch shit for this. First off, Kyle Dubas is going to Pittsburgh, guys. It's it's happening. Seems fairly obvious. Whatever he it said in like the it. press conference, why ever he why he said it's Toronto or it's nothing, who cares? Throw it out the window. You can speculate on that. I don't give a shit. After, words are words. I don't I don't, actions are where it's at. After the Leafs get him do, uh let him go, I certainly don't fault him for going to take another job, mm -hmm. which I think some people misunderstood. Obviously, if you get fired and you want to work again, go find another job. It just makes your words that, oh, I only want to work here seem a little silly. Well, I, but here's where I think that people are getting interpreting that wrong. OK. And by the way, I'm still of the per I'm, I'm of the ilk that believes that this could really work out for the Leafs. I'm just giving you this scenario. I said it yesterday. If they do this the right way. And I don't think they are. <laughs> uh, it could work out, oh, so but I don't uh, think uh, it will. I don't think that currently they're handling it the right I way. I don't think this is going to work, but think, it might. I think they're high on the fuck All around right, guys. I think the Leafs are a little high on the fuck around meter, and they might find out. But they can reverse course. I want to say this about Dubas. I think when he mentioned off of CJ's question about, do you have it in you to continue doing this? When he talked about his family... He then immediately followed up that quote, if I'm not mistaken, by saying, but it's Toronto where it's nowhere. Mm -hmm. And that was his way of saying, guys, 
I am all the way in on this. It's just been really hard on my family and I need a few days to process. That quote was then taken by Shanahan and the board to mean, well, he's not all the way in because he may not want to be the GM. And Shanahan said that in the press conference and said, hey, that's when I started to doubt it. And I think it was Kyle Dubas's way of saying, no, I am all the way in. Just give me a fucking minute. And it's reasonable to interpret it that way because he then emailed the president mm -hmm. on Thursday. <laughs> so he took two full days, then contacted his boss and said, all right, here we go. And that was too much. And I also want to throw out there that um, there are going to be people, rightly so, who take that quote. And when Dubas becomes the president and general manager in Pittsburgh. If they give him the president title and like, hey, you get to run the whole hockey thing in Pittsburgh. Like he, he will. If he gets a promotion, he's not taking hey, that job. Hey, Dubas, like, hey, you should probably take that. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You get to be the president of the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins. And people yeah. are going to clown on him for yes. it. But but I think that was more a a. a a way for him to tell you in in maybe not the most eloquent way how he felt about being the GM of the Leafs. Okay. It's and Leafs or bust. That's, like that's, I'm all that's how he yeah. felt. I'm all the way in. But what is he going to do? Not work now? Oh, I said that in front of the Leafs media, so I shouldn't accept president and general manager of the Penguins. No, and that's Bob, not all the way off. That's not what I expect. And so here's what's going to be very, very interesting, because I think this Pittsburgh thing's been brewing for months. I don't think. No, they're the Penguins. Oh, you're sorry. You're, you're not the Bruins. You you're, right, Bruins. you're right. You're right. <laughs> I think do you it know? is Fenway Sports Group, but it's yeah, not. It's yeah. easy to. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. about was years stupid. ago, and I don't expect a lot of people to remember this. We had Richard Petty, former CEO of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment on the show. We've had him on a couple times. Very interesting guest. Talked about some of the toughest years of the Leafs and the Raptors. He wrote a book. We read it. Uh, we actually did our book report this time. Not, not, not like we did in high school. Uh, and... We talked to him about it and we asked him some really hard questions. And one of the things, though, that I thought was most interesting and has really stuck with me, and this was eight years ago, is when he was trying to woo Brian Burke, he openly sort of talked about how there was ways to tamper without tampering. And what I mean by that is they would be at like a GM's meeting and he'd be like, Brian, you look awful good working for the Leafs, just throwing that out there. Stuff like that, where you can't really say it's an offer, but hey, if you're interested, so are we. I think the Penguins have been doing this for a while. Whether or not Dubas's representation has been doing that and, and listening to it, I think they'd be stupid not to. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not accusing anybody of tampering here because <laughs> everybody tampers in the NHL. Oh, it's, it's no, listen, I'm not accusing one person of tampering. I'm accusing, I'm all, accusing of all of you of tampering. I think, I think they really only go after tampering when it's super egregious. And I think, I think you're right. And, and, and like, listen, like I always was mind blown. You can't talk to anybody before July 1st. And then all of a sudden on July 1st, Jeremy Roenick's at a press conference in Philadelphia with a five-year, $36.5 million contract that they just happened to vomit his way that morning. And he took a flight and just showed up. And he's, he's next to Ed Snyder, giving him a hug on stage yeah sure that just materialized this morning at three o'clock we have a press conference scheduled fuck all it's, the way off it's like when it's happened for years it's like when Dwayne Wade LeBron James and Chris Bosh all walked into the same coffee shop at the same time and said what are you doing here yeah oh I, I wonder where should we go I, I don't know let's play for the Miami Heat together and Fenway Sports Group knows what they're doing yeah and are an attractive group to work for they're the ones that took what Oakland was doing and applied it to the Boston Red Sox and ended their bazillion year World Series drought. I think that 
I think you got to understand here. I think that what Kyle Dubas did in my mind, and this is again all tinfoil hat, I can't verify it. I think this was a Hail Mary. I think he he said, okay, you know what? I know I'm probably going to go, but if I got to, sh- I got to take the shot. And the shot is call my agent, drop the, drop the, co- the thing. I need a seat at the table with the board. I need to be able to take it directly to the board. I know this is likely not going to be the way this ends up. I know I'm likely not going to be general manager of the Leafs, but if I don't try, I'm going to spend the rest of my life wondering. So I may as well give it a shot. And on top of that, I can't continue under the current structure. And I think that's the key. I just wish we knew that for sure. We'll never know that. For we'll sure. never know that for sure. But I, I mean, it seems like the most likely, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're putting something out there that to me is believable. I, I just wish we knew. Well, he's not going to talk about it, but I will say this. Uh, the, he doesn't have to. The, um, the Maple Leafs group, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, uh, if you want to attract the best candidates, you have to make it the best job. Mm-hmm. And simply putting a Maple Leaf crest on uh, an Adidas jacket or a Fanatics jacket next year mm. uh, is not going to entice people. You can write a big check and that'll entice people. But all that's going to get you is a general manager who is setting themselves up to be the general manager of the next team. They don't want to write big checks. Well, they they are going to the mm-hmm. RTM. They're going to if it's a if it's a non entry level general manager position, it'll be between two and three million. Uh, an entry level GM is at about one to one and a half right now. So. They are going to write a big check. It It is the Toronto Maple Leafs general manager. They are going to pay a lot of money for it. But I believe that if you really want, and I and I have a tremendous amount of respect for Doug Armstrong, so I'm going to use his name. Uh, but by the way, Doug Armstrong's not leaving St. Louis unless the management group changes. Um, there's a lot of noise. No, there's no, noise because not. I think his name was leaked. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's noise because he wants to do it. I think it's from a D Armstrong. On <laughs> I think... I think you are limiting yourself and the Toronto Maple Leafs should not limit themselves. The Toronto, unless, unless here's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know what? If I'm on the board, I go, you know what? Fuck it, Brendan. Why don't you do it? You don't want to get out of the way. You do it because any general yes. manager who hire, who is hired under this guys, it doesn't matter what that GM does. They are not the face of this. It's Brendan now. So any trade that happens, don't credit it with the GM. Credit with Brendan. What's going to be really weird is when he hires a new guy and immediately disappears again. Uh, and that's what's going to happen. Make no mistake. Mm-hmm. But all the trades that happen, happen because Brendan said yes. Uh, so it's a, if it's Brad True Living, who is apparently the odds-on favorite, even at Sports Interaction, if Brad True Living is the general manager, then any trade that Brad makes uh, or any signing that he makes... Brendan really made because he was the one that convinced the board. You're hiring a GM or a secretary. That's what I'm saying. What do you want? So basically you're having a guy make all the calls and do all the legwork for Brendan and then going, Brendan, this is what we have. And then uh, can you please take that to the board? Listen, whoever they hire, I think is going to be the highest paid AGM in the league. That's exactly what it is. I'm fascinated to see what Kyle Dubas, if Kyle Dubas goes to Pittsburgh, they have to win now. Yes. Like they have to win in 2024. They have to try and get Sidney Crosby another Stanley Cup. That is a very, very tough job. And I would be, I'd just be fascinated to see what Kyle Dubas would do in a situation like that. Ultimately, so yes, priority number one is to win now, but whoever the Penguins hire is going to be taxed with tearing down the Pittsburgh Penguins and but u- also ushering them into a new era. But well, staying competitive. 
uh, like until until Latang and Malkin and Crosby are out of there, you have to try and win every year. It sneaks up on you. Those guys are both. I think they're both older than Crosby, mm-hmm. who is older than us, who is older than you. Yes. Yes. We've established they're old. <laughs> they all have ages, and they're in the older part of their. Crosby's going to start this season thirty six years old. I want to. I want to bring up. He's an still article. great. He's going to be thirty six and great. I want to bring up an article. Rob Rossi um, did a deep dive for the athletic on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, yes. Josh, uh, Josh Yoey's on this one, too. I want to give them both credit. It is unbelievable. I'm going to read you some quotes. I don't I can't read it. I'm not going to read you the whole article. Um, Can you uh, screen cap it and post it everywhere? (laughs) I don't mind when people do that as a snippet because it teases you to want to read the whole thing. A snippet is fine. Mm -hmm. But like when people take the whole article and then just post it, you're you're being a kind of an ass. No, you're massive screenshots. Yeah, that's just that's pirating. Like, well, yeah, yes. you're, you're you're taking things that should be paid for and Stealing. you are just posting. It. And by the way, steal. I do believe in paying for journalism, whether that's advertising or oh, subscription. Set your phone to steal. That's right. <laughs> just simply set it to steal. So um, uh, here's how it starts in that. Uh, um, they're talking about the office that Brian Burke and, and Ron Hextall work out of. In that office, with the blinds frequently drawn, some of the Penguins' most baffling, infuriating, and disastrous decisions of the last two years were made. The ice beneath a rock-solid franchise was cracking. Those decisions had inflamed some of the most important players on the team, causing rift with their respected coach, angered the fan base and team ownership, and ultimately led the Penguins to missing the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. The chaos and disarray ended April 14th when Hextall and Burke were fired. Now, I want to, there are, there are pieces in this about how um, Hextall was hired and how Fenway Sports Group, uh, you know, because Morehouse, there's a guy named Morehouse, uh, uh, his last name is Morehouse, he runs the business plan. When they hired him and Hextall together, um, Morehouse showed up with a detailed team financing thing and, and saying, here's how, here's what we're going to do about the waning ticket revenue because their ticket revenue was going down. Uh, but Fenway Sports Group then asked Ron Hextel, okay, what's your presentation on what to do with the team? And apparently he was caught off guard by the request, quote, and said the hockey plan was in his head. <laughs> he was asked to put it on paper. He scrambled that afternoon and he hand wrote ideas on a legal pad and he transferred them to a Word document and printed out a couple of pages in the hotel's business office during his interview. There are no adults. Uh, though unimpressed with Hextall's lack of presentation, Fenway Sports Group officials didn't feel comfortable enough about their own hockey acumen to question him on the details, except one. Hextall's plan included a 2022-23 season with, with Crosby, but without Malkin and Latang. Wow. Now, I want to throw something out here, at you. This is bad. However... It is arguable that moving on from one or both of those guys could benefit the Penguins and help them build another uh, cup winner with Crosby. Yes. But the way Hextall and Burke decided to do it was alienate Evgeny Malkin, and the article goes into detail about it, and sign Jeff Carter to be his replacement. Jeff Jeff Carter is older than Evgeny Malkin. But he was going to be the 2C in the new look, Ron Hextall, Brian Burke, Pittsburgh Penguins. Those guys are pre-0405 lockout picks. 
When interviewing for their jobs early in February 2021, Hextall and Burke had expressed their willingness to break up the big three. Hextall wasted little time enthusiastically embracing the idea. He did not try to negotiate extensions with either Malkin or Latang during the 21 offseason. Also in Jan 2022, he re-signed Jeff Carter, a forward older than Malkin, to a two-year extension with the premise of being premise being that Carter would assume Malkin's role as the number two center for 2022-2023, which is what he told Carter and his agent, presumably. By the time the organizational meetings happened in Tampa in April 2022, Fenway Sports Group had determined its first big act as new owners should not be parting ways with two players who were cherished like Crosby, sorry, cherished by Crosby and worshipped by fans and revered by sponsors. Here, Fenway Sports Group, and I bolded this, expected the Penguins to contend for championships. After all, they still had Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. So it goes into the, the mess that ensued. I think you can make the argument, a pretty good one, that moving on from those players, if you traded them in the last years of their deal and said, we're going to retool around Crosby, in a bubble, in an NHL 2023 20, bubble, can make some sense. Mm-hmm. However... Crosby loves them, and the sponsors love them, and the fans love them. This is Try, real life. They, you, got, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got tickets that you can't sell, which has already been outlined. You got sponsorships that are on the wane. Yeah. And you've You're, got a star player, one of the best in NHL history, saying, those are my buddies, and we can win together. You also just bought the team, and this can't be your first move. Your first move as new owners can't be, we're shipping off the people you love. That's, that's um, you're setting yourself up for failure for the next hundred years you own this team. So it's interesting though. It's, I, I it's wanted the best choice they could have made if they didn't have souls. Then yes, <laughs> yeah. But, but unfortunately, they do. No, we exist in reality, and humans are in play here, and it's not just a video game. But they have shown in the past that they don't have souls. Like Fenway Sports Group can be vicious. Like look at what happened with no no more Garcia Parra right before the the championship run. But they were too. They, they don't feel. But they won in hockey yet but they don't feel comfortable in hockey yet. And they want to make sure people are coming in the building. Mm -hmm. So Kyle Dubas is stepping into, and look at the Penguins cap-friendly page. It's not pleasant. No. Uh, They wanted to get the JT Miller deal. They talk about that in the the article, but they couldn't offload Zucker, who's always injured. Yeah. and That's every Penguin, man. And so, so Steve, I want to talk, and then they trade Bluger. uh, They make some uh, some other unpopular deals. Kyle Dubas, if he is stepping in to be the Penguins GM and president, which I believe he is, I think this was I think this is in the works for a while. I think there was a reason why there were reports of this a month and a half ago. It's because there was smoke and because there is fire and because he knew that the reason Kyle Dubas made the Hail Mary with the Leafs is because he knew if he didn't, he had this job waiting for him. Well, get ready for the Penguins to look a lot like the Leafs because Kyle Dubas loves his guys. The Sioux St. Marie Penguins. Oh, he's going to take them all. This is not a good cat-friendly page. You are correct. What do we got, Jesse? Run us through some of the contracts that the Penguins have. On defense, you got Jeff Petrie signed for two more years at 6.25. You got Chris Letang, 6.1 until 2028. He is 36 years old and will be playing for one, two, three, four, five more seasons. Taking to 41 years old. Uh, Marcus Pedersen, two more years at $4 million. Jan Ruda. Hey, Jan no, Ruda. noted Alan Walsh client. We know Thank you. Yep. 2.7 uh, for two more years. And then we got some other little contracts. Uh, Dumoulin's a UFA and Dmitry Kulikov's a UFA. Uh, in goal, you got DeSmith, 1.8, and that's it. Tristan Jar is a UFA. Ooh, that's painful. 
You got some UFAs in Jason Zucker, Denton Heinen, Nick Benino, Josh Archibald. Uh, then signed. Signed, we got Ricard <laughs> Raquel for one, two, three, five more years at $5 million. Uh, Mikhail Granlin, $5 million for two more years. Brian Rust, $5.1 for five more years. Jake Gensel, $6 million for one more year. Malkin, $6.1 for three. And Crosby, eighty-seven. Two more years. So Dubas is supposed to do what? <laughs> it is a task and a half fixing this roster. Like, it'd be one thing if he had like a, a wild abundance of assets that he could trade, but like, there's guys you gotta dump. In there, like even just to win around those three. Uh, like the thing with Dubas is like, I think he just likes good decisions and like what makes the most sense for his hockey team and what makes the most sense for that hockey team. I don't think is building around those three. Hmm. Uh, dude, they're, they're old athletes. But I think now they're not on the back nine. I think now back three. they want him really bad. <laughs> They want him really bad. And is that he, how golf works? He they can now make the argument, Fenway Sports Group can now make the argument that, hey, we tried it with those guys and it didn't work. Now our hockey acumen is better. And we've got a guy in here who's gonna make some changes because we need to try to win Crosby one more. And I wonder if because here's the thing, I can Steve. Try. So so Kyle Dubas, and you said it at the start, he's going to be there at the end of this Penguins era and he's gonna have to tear it down. He, he's gonna or retool it. I, I think it's going to be Herculean to try to win and then very quickly pivot to trading these guys. Like, do they have an abundance of prospects I'm not aware of? Mm -hmm. Like, they, I see they don't seem to have all their picks. Ugh. Yeah, because they haven't been drafting high. Yeah, because they've been good for they've so been long. They've been so good. Yeah. So there's not going to be a lot of prospects like Owen oh, Pickering's a guy. You know. Yeah. There's a guy. There's a guy. You know. What a guy. Yeah, man, that's uh You like a little Philip Hollander? Oh, I think they should give him back to the Leafs again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but there's the just came back. There's there. not a lot of young talent. That's tough. That's tough. That's really tough, man. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you look at the roster and there's some things there that are a world of hurt. I mean, they should have made the playoffs this year. Their streak ended on they just flubbed one game against Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, like there's still a team there, but they <laughs> like they got to. Here's your decision. Do you want to maximize the final years of Sidney Crosby and the second he is done be ass or do you want to transition now? Like, do you want to sort of rebuild on the fly? Well, the, the Penguins were ass with Mario Lemieux and, and Mario Lemieux lived with Sidney and, and mentored him. Yeah, but well, so well, I guess what I'm the Penguins got the first overall pick by being ass. Mm hmm. And then they had the first overall pick live with Mario Lemieux. Um, the Penguins didn't win Connor Bedard. So, like, are they going to be asked this year? 
and get whoever's first. I don't think it's going to be this year. I think they're going to try one more time this year. And when it doesn't work, they have all the ammo they need with the fan base and the sponsors to say, guys, we tried it. It didn't work. We got to move. We got to make something happen. I think I think what we do know is they need to they need someone with new and creative ideas mm-hmm. um, in order to. Do you know a guy with new and creative ideas? Contend. Uh, Dubas. And, and it sounds like they're out on Tulski. Yeah. I know they're not they, the same. They've said that, yeah, he is out. Uh, I was just saying that. They haven't said that he's out on Shirelli, though. This could end up being Shirelli. Who's putting his name out there? Shirelli. Yeah, yeah. P. Shirelli on Discord. P. Shirelli 5959. <laughs> yeah. How do I get into Facebook? Question mark. <laughs> Facebook, send email. <laughs> Facebook, send a text to Janice. <laughs> Facebook, send Janice Candy Crush invites. Um, the other thing I want to mention is there are whispers, and you should know, uh, about a potential, and nobody really knows really, a potential conflict with representation. Okay? So I don't know if you know this, but um, agents are... Player agents are barred from representing coaches. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, you are not allowed. It's under the CBA. You cannot represent. If you are a player agent, you cannot represent a coach. And a lot of uh, coaches in the NHL are actually repped by the same agency. Um, and I forget their name, but there is like there are a couple coaches that have separate representation, but most of them are under one umbrella. And this agency offers like uh, clinics and. Um, they they also obviously know the salaries of all the other coaches. And the reason a lot of coaches are in there is because there is no salary disclosure for coaches, but it's a great way of sharing, hey, what's the baseline price for a coach that's done this or done that? Or, you know, a rookie coach gets this paid this much. A coach with one cup gets this. A coach with three gets this. Um, you know, that's the that's how the coaches' salaries have actually gone up because they've been able to come together um, and... Uh, some of the major coaches in the league, I think Babcock was included, this is years ago, came together and said, guys, we got to start to share this stuff. Look at how it worked out for the players in the 90s. We got to start to disclose this. So they have representation. I My understanding is that general managers are the same. You can't have a player agent representing a general manager. And the obvious reason for that is the fact that, um, uh, you know, you could have, let's say... Um, uh, let me use it just a ridiculous example. Like um, uh, Wayne Gretzky is still playing. Yep. And um, uh, Pat Quinn, uh, former Leafs general manager, former uh, Canucks general manager, uh, is Wayne Gretzky's coach. Let's say Wayne Gretzky signed in Vancouver like was going to happen. Like sure. could have happened. Sure. Uh, and Pat Quinn is there and he's the GM and he's the head coach. Uh, they're both represented by the same guy. That guy could, in theory, unofficially say, if you want to get Wayne, here's the number. Right. And that gives Pat Quinn an advantage over any other team trying to sign Wayne Gretzky because Pat knows what Wayne's number is. An unfair and illegal advantage. Right. And Pat Quinn could back channel and say, hey, you know what? Just tell Wayne we got the number ready for him. We'll just write in the number in the in the thing. We got the contract. It's all set. There's too many conflict of interest, so they've outlawed it. That's right. Now, you you could say to me, oh, but they're agents and they're lawyers and they would never do that. And I'm saying to you, how do you think Jeremy Roenick got that five-year contract with Philadelphia uh, just handed to him that day at the exact number he wanted? This stuff happens all the time. 
The league usually doesn't go after it because it's kind of how business has always been done unless it's absolutely fucking egregious. And by the way, the NHL is not the only one. The MLB does this. They all have little conversations unofficially off the record. It happens. Yeah, the the way free agency makes it sound is they pick up their phone at noon. 50 million. What do you think? Sounds great. Send me a jersey. Now, sometimes I'm on the blues now. Sometimes that does happen, (laughs) but sometimes it doesn't. And you might have an idea of what a particular player is going to go for before free agency hits. Mm. How? Who knows? You just guessed. Um, And so the potential conflict here, and I don't know the answer to this question, is that Austin Matthews, for instance, is represented by Judd Moldover, part of Wasserman Group. Chris Armstrong, who is um, Kyle Dubas's agent, purportedly, is also at that same agency. Now, is the agency allowed to have a GM rep and a player rep under the same umbrella? Right. We don't know. Is was uh was his first Chris name Armstrong. Chris Armstrong? Like, was he acting independently? Like, did he take a contractor job and skirt the rules a little? And again, you know, like there, there's always some way they're gonna try and bend the rules so they don't sure. get these regulations. You know what? But, Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with this conflict of interest until Kyle Dubas was fired. Right. And now I think it's bad. Right. And this is where (laughs) I think it's interesting because um, we don't have the answer to it. I don't know. Uh, But it is being talked about and whispered about. And are there little birds? There are birds. So I I I just think it's something to put on your radar. Now, here's here's what's likely going to happen. This is the last you'll ever hear of it. Nothing. Fucking fuck all. And the reason for that is, first (laughs) off, the only, the only group to really investigate this are two groups that stand to lose, the NHLPA and the NHL. If this happens, they investigate it, they find that there's a problem. Well, who loses? The NHL and the NHLPA. So they're not going to investigate it. Yeah. You're, you're asking the company to report their own crimes. You're, li- you're literally and asking... We know, we know the NHL is real good at keeping secrets. You're asking the PA to go after one of the agencies that represents its players. They're not going to do that. You're asking the NHL to say... Uh, oh, investigate your team and definitely punish them for tampering. They're not going to do that. But it is just something that you should know that is potentially existing. I think, is is this the part where we, are we recording? Okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. There, you get it. Potentially, you gotta- allegedly. We just don't know. And I want to find clarity on that issue. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's outlined. I would love to know. And if this agency is smart enough to have gotten around the rule, then good for them. Right now, they're just like, oh, we're going to ding Dubas so bad. Oh, wait, he doesn't work for the Leafs anymore? Ah, let him go. Mm-hmm. Probably true. <laughs> Probably a little true. Uh, and you know what? GMs and coaches are well within their rights to get representation. They should absolutely do it. A lot of GMs in the past are like, fuck it. I negotiate contracts with players all the time. I'll do it with the ownership. The whole point of having an agent is so that uh, the organization that you work for, if you're a highly talented individual that requires an agent, uh, when you go in and you ask for an absolutely mind-bending amount of money and potentially power as well, uh, that the, 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 the employer that you already work for or potentially could work for hates your agent and not you. That's the whole point of an agent. The, pay, the agent's the dartboard, man. Yep. And, and so the agent's job is to go in and get you as much as they can. And, and, the, and the president of the company goes, fuck, I hate your agent, but I really like your talent skill set and I think you're great. And we can have a great relationship. Hmm. That's the that's how this has all come to be. So usually you hear 
about, you know, GMs and agents getting to big fuck off fights, right? We've heard this all the time. Oh, well, fuck you and fuck off. And ah, the day later, they come together and they get the deal done. They don't hate the player, though, do they? So you're trying to tell me in 2010 or 11, whatever year it was, I should have brought an agent to Mazda? I think you should have. You should have had an intermediary Damn. come in and negotiate your Mazda. Now, if you don't know Steve's story, uh, Steve uh, was unfairly <laughs> quoted a price on his Mazda. And when Steve went back in, I'm over it. Buddy. They said, "Actually, Steve, we got to charge you an extra dollar." Yeah, when they had to readjust something with the price, and they like laughed about it. They're like, "Oh, the price of the car went up by a dollar." And Steve said, "No." Steve said, "No," because I was in a bad mood that day. And you said, "I will not pay that extra dollar." Yeah, on principle. On principle. I know it's a dollar. I don't care. And Jesse, you have to respect Steve for holding tight on that, right? Yeah, except he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, Steve? What'd you do? I just paid the dollar. Yeah, you paid the dollar. You know why I wanted my car? <laughs> and then should, I got my car. There I are, missed the silver. Bullet. On high-end cars, there there are car agents, people who go out there and do the negotiating. Oh, well, I didn't cars. have that problem. Did I know, no, you didn't, did you? No, I was uh, <laughs> just out of school and needed a car. Anyway, I thought you'd find that factoid interesting, and it's probably the last you hear about it. Now, Jesse, I sent you... A, uh, a clip from Craig Conroy's press conference. I want people that want to be a part of the Calgary Flames and that want to be here, not just coming here to get a contract and get the money that that doesn't interest me at all. I want them to come to be a part of this and do something special here. You know, as far as, you know, Johnny leaving, I think a little bit, I was, it was a learning thing for me. I, I was hoping Johnny was going to come back. I thought Johnny was going to come back, but I don't think I would let that happen again. You know, and I told Don in the meeting, I truly thought John was going to come back. And when he didn't, it was disappointing. And it was right down to the last minute. But then when you think, uh oh, you just lost an asset, one of your best players of all time, and you didn't get anything for him, that was a, that was a real eye opener for you. I sat in my office for a while. I shut the door and thought, hmm, okay. That's a, you know, and then obviously with Matthew was the next one to kind of the, to fall. So, you know what? I want to make a place where people want to play. I watched that clip and I get fired up because the Calgary Flames, forgive the pun, have been fired burned. up and they've been burned. Do you get it? That was yeah. okay. Your other one was better. <laughs> the, Goudreau, the Bruins one. Like good. Because <laughs> if you're a Flames fan, you're watching Kachuk this deep in the playoffs. Him and his band of merry men just making a laughing stock of three of the best teams in the regular season, Boston, Real. Toronto, Carolina. Oh, no. And you got to be a little fucking mad about it, oh, right? Of course. And I like that Craig Conroy is like, listen, he, he addressed both of those players in the, in the press conference and then goes on to say, I want you to want to be here. I want you to want to be a Calgary Flame. And I think Flames fans deserve a GM who's beating his chest who've been to the Stanley Cup final with the Flames played a major role and has been in their front office for a long time and he's a guy who put down roots right yeah. like he I think he played there oh yeah he was he was like yeah, yeah. he was yeah. part of that big run in 04 yeah 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 so I wasn't hallucinating okay. no and he's still with the front office and they're bringing in Iggy too which I love very much um it's it's a good um I think it's a good vibes summer 
for the Flames. And last summer was kind of a good vibe summer, although it started well, off bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just that whole season thing got right, yeah. in the way. <laughs> it was the whole losing to your rival and then having to trade away all of your stars. Mm-hmm. Now, hockey's great, but what ruins it is the games. <laughs> it's always getting the way ruined by the games. No, it's... Uh, we said it, I think, before Treliving even left. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Flames back in the playoffs. And back in contention. There's one very obvious move they need to make. And I thought it was very funny that people were talking about Gerard Gallant being the next coach of the Flames. And there was a little bit of debate. This could make some sense. Um, uh, You know, he's not really my guy. And I was like, wait a second. Daryl Sutter's still the coach. Yeah. I wonder if the the Hubert O'Gallant connection has something to do with that, too. Well, it seems obvious that and I think he likes Gallant and hates (laughs) Sutter. I I was reading some of Julian's (laughs) stuff, uh, Julian McKenzie's uh, stuff, and he was saying that they will talk to Hubert O about the head coach. And and Julian didn't mean to imply that they would be taking like Hubert O would help decide it. But I think that conversation would help decide it, don't you think? The $10 million player that you have till 2031? I mean... You have, we've talked about this in different forms before, but with a player like Huberto in that contract, you have no choice but to make that work. And it's Jonathan Huberto. I think you can. Like, it's not dire. People are dumping on him, and I get that he had a bad year, but they're dumping on him as though it was all his fault and this is a terrible deal. Guys, first off, the cap's going up. Second, this guy is a perennial point-of-game player. I think minimum. I think some people were jacked to see what they expected to out of him. He's he's never uh, some of his numbers aren't the greatest. You know, he's not the greatest two way player necessarily, but that's not exactly what they got him for. They got him to friggin burn the house down in terms of point production. And he just wasn't able to do that in Calgary. You know what numbers I like? What? 2018, 2019, 92 points in 82 games. 19, 20. Uh, 78 points in the short and 69 game season. Uh, nice. Nice. Uh, 2020, 2021, uh, 55 games, 61 points. Uh, last year, sorry, 21, 22, 80 games, 115 points. And in his quote unquote off season, his bad year, still 50, 55 points in 79 games for a horrendous Flames team. Come it's, on, guys. It's pretty clearly an outlier. Yeah. Um, that I expect him to bounce back from. He's got to bounce back in a big way, though, to be worth that money. Agreed. A thousand percent. We'll see how close he gets to the hundred. Ideally over. (laughs) I think the Flames need to get some finish for him. He's an assists guy. He's a setup guy. You got to get somebody who can finish. (sighs) I'm not sure you need to make huge change. I just don't think that coach fits that team anymore. Oh, you're going to make some changes. I also think I look at a guy like Patrick Laine and I just feel like at some point he's going to need he maybe doesn't want to come back to Canada, but he's going to need like it didn't work out. It hasn't worked out. It's been okay in Columbus, I guess. That line is going to score 250 goals and be out there for 245 games. <laughs> that's true. That'd be really fun. <laughs> It'd be really chaos. fun to watch. Yeah, be chaos. Anyway, that's all I got for for the show. Do you guys yeah. want to add anything? Don't don't get up and get a snack during their shifts. Leaf fans know that. JVR Bozak Kessel. You guys, we got pizza waiting for us. Do we? Oh, Maddie's yeah. thrilled. Look at that. Maddie's got her hands up in the air. <laughs> you guys ready to go get some pizza? Ready to get We're some sauce? Pizza? You guys are the best parents. <laughs> the Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? 
Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.